Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. It's been an honor and a privilege to be here with you. Uh, I've known Jason Michelle for a long time, and I just want to say thank you for having me here in your church this morning. Uh, it's been everyone's been tremendously kind to me. It's just a warm place, and you can just feel the spirit of the Lord here. And I've gotten to know your students some. I've been fighting off a little bit of uh, some type of sickness, and I didn't get to spend near as much time with students as I wanted to. But they, they seem like a great group of kids, and um, I feel like this has been a tremendous weekend. Um, and Jason already told you that our theme had been uh, from Micah 6, 8, and we, we learned how to, on Friday night, I hope we learned, uh, I talked about it, we'll see, act justly was what we talked about Friday night. Saturday, we talked about, or last night, we talked about love and uh, mercy, uh, and the ESV says love kindness, and just talking about how we need to have that as part of our life, and this morning, we'll talk about what it means to walk humbly. And I share this with the students that this became one of my favorite verses. When I was in high school, my like life verse was Galatians 2.20. talks about being crucified with Christ, and now he, living, uh, he lives through me. Um, but then uh, as I got older, I don't know why I appreciated this scripture so much. Uh, or maybe, and I hope it wasn't out of context. But just living my life the way that God wanted me to live it started to feel different to me, and I just, I just appreciate this scripture so much. So when Jason told me that was the theme, uh, that really pushed me in the direction of, I, I kind of want to do this, because I already had a few sermons I had spoken to my youth group about, and even my church. Um, so as I prayed about it, I just felt God give me a peace. This is where I needed to be this weekend, uh, and, and God put everything into place, and uh, it's just been tremendous, and I'm just proud to be here with you this morning. I'm also humbled to be here. Um, I, I don't really feel that I am uh, worthy or equipped to teach this truth, but I know that Christ is strong, and so I just ask this morning you pray for me, uh, and that, that you would just try and let God speak to us. Um, so as we go into it, I want to talk to you about this humility. Uh, I remember, and I think it has to do with, with as we grow older, or, or maybe more importantly, as we become more wise, we understand what it means to be humble a little bit. And I remember when I was a teenager, I don't remember the conversation, but I just remember my uncle Junior, he's really my great uncle, and I consider him a very wise man, told me one time that in my old age that I would only have any interest uh, in soft music and kind words. And, he, and, uh, and the funny thing is, I don't know if I'm in old age yet, but I definitely feel more like that as time goes by. Uh, there's so much stuff that I don't want to argue with anybody. I mean, you know, I will stand up for what is right if necessary. But whereas I used to be ready just to tell you what I thought, <laughs> now I'm not so interested in that, especially if you're going to fuss. But, and, you know, my music in my car is not nearly as loud because usually if it's quiet in my car, somebody's asleep and I want to keep it that way. So, um, anyways, I also think about this. I watched as my grandfather grew older. I lost my grandfather two summers ago. He's a very close, uh, important part of my life. Um, and I remember my grandfather, he had a little bit of a temper. And um, I remember as he grew older, he just got so much more calm. I remember I grew up on a farm. I shared that with students. And I remember the picture in my mind of walking humbly with God is like when I go over to my grandparents' house, and my grandfather would always want to go outside and do something on that farm. But I just remember walking with him and having his walking stick and just listening to him talk to me about life and teach me wisdom. And I remember how much different he was right before I lost him uh, and, and, and the times that I had known him earlier 
when he wasn't so humble and just walking with God and teaching me how to walk with God. And so that's the kind of the picture I have in my mind. Uh, I also want to share this with you. Um, it's a lot of stuff from my family, but my dad told me one time that he believed the greatest concentration of wisdom in young people, like college age and down, as he was talking about, is in those that are growing spiritually. He felt like there's something about having a relationship with God and having a relationship with Christ just grew us in wisdom. I don't know if he had any research on that. Uh, and I can't support it, but I don't really want to argue with it. I think he was right. When you have a relationship with Christ, it just starts to grow you. And when you walk with God daily, it starts to give you that wisdom much earlier in your life. And I think that's why it's beautiful when you have something like a Disciple Now weekend. You know, you don't have to wait till you're older to serve Christ Jesus. You don't have to wait uh, until you're older to be mature in Christ. That can happen now uh, if you're a young person. So I've just, I've just enjoyed so much being here. Uh, let's look at our scripture, and, and then we'll get, get to going with walk humbly with your God. This is the main scripture of the weekend. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Let's just pray over that if we could. Father, we just love you this morning. We just worship you. I thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your scripture, to know you, to have a relationship with you. We don't deserve any of that, God. And I just pray that this morning you would help us to be humble. Teach us what it means to have close relationship with you, to know you daily, to spend time with you daily. And to always be willing to do as you ask us. So we just love you. And we worship you this morning. I thank you for this church. And I pray that you'd make your home here. And as we leave, that we'd be more like the people that you deserve. We pray all that in Christ's holy name. Amen. First thing I know about being humble is all you really need to do is meet God. Last night I made a joke that when I hear someone talk about following Christ, that their life isn't consistent. Um, or they talk about leaving Christ, that he let them down. If I hear those statements come out of people, I say, you didn't meet the same guy I met. You don't know the Jesus that I know. But I also tell you this, just meeting Christ can be a very humbling experience. M- meeting God, when you, when you realize who God is, when, you, when you're going to know him, when you've met him is the most important thing, you're going to realize he's very powerful. I'm going to say some examples. Just think about these. If you've ever heard these stories, and I bet a lot of you have, when John in Revelation sees his vision of Christ, it says he fell on his face. That's all he could do. He just got down on his face, just covered up. Paul in Acts 9, when he's on the road to Damascus, what does he say? He says, who are you, Lord, after he fell down on his face? He probably knew who he was talking to, but I always thought it was funny that he knew to call whoever he had seen Lord. There was no question in his mind that this man, this thing in front of him was completely in charge, you know? And all he said was, who are you, Lord? I think about Isaiah, when he saw his vision of God, what did he say? Woe is me, for I am ruined. That means I'm about to die. He said, for I'm a man of unclean lips, uh, from a people of unclean lips. Everybody who meets God face-to-face is immediately terrified. And we, we already know from other places in Scripture, they couldn't even look directly into his face. Just being near enough to glimpse his glory, and they hit the ground. And just, oh my goodness. And especially the thing in Isaiah when he just says, woe is me. That God is not just a great Savior. That's what we know. We know that Christ loves us, and that is true. But we need to remember, guys, that we serve the living God of the universe. He is a great king, the creator, sustainer, and judge of everything that is. I like to just think about how intricate 
everything is that he controls on these massive scales and then tiny scales at the same time. Just to realize how powerful God is and what he pays attention to. You know, the earth spins around at a thousand miles an hour. Right now, we're going around the axis of the earth over a thousand miles an hour. We're going around the sun at like 70,000 miles an hour. But if you were to take the earth's orbit and tilt it just a little bit too far away from the sun or just a little bit closer, life would no longer be possible. God takes care of all that. Every second of every day, he's watching that. But at the very same time, he knows when one of my hairs falls off of my head. That is an amazing, and I've been losing a lot, but that is an amazing God. And he does that over and over and over. He makes sure it just happens that way. I read one time, this is amazing to me, I read one time that the way the human body is designed, that our red blood cells will go through our circulatory system exactly 200,000 times before our spleen crushes them so that new ones can be produced from the same material, they're recycled. Not 199,999 times, not 200,001. It is exactly 200,000 times. God ordained that, and he's taking care of that. All the while managing an entire universe. I don't deserve for that God to love me. I don't really deserve for him to give me the next breath. I kept sharing with the students, and I know this. I know my sin. I don't want y'all to know about it. (laughs) But God knows it, and yet he loves me anyway. How much more amazing does that make God? See, he doesn't need me. He has no need of me. A God that can do that never needed a person ever. But he wants us. And that's what makes him even more amazing. I'm humbled under that. It doesn't take a lot. When I really meet God and I consider who he is, it doesn't take a lot for me to start to be humbled. I like when it says in Scripture, too, he clothes the flowers in splendor. He grants me every breath. And it is right here, guys. This this is real. He saw fit to save me even when I was his enemy. Because I was. I was a sinner and I loved me and I was opposed to him. And that sin was what put Jesus on the cross out of God's love. But I was his enemy and he still saw fit to save me. As we're talking about this though, I want to think about when we meet God as far as being humble. Sometimes we have to wait until we get humble, don't we? Some of us, we're going to try everything else. It's pride, that's what it is. We're going to try everything else to make ourselves have peace, to be comfortable, to be happy. We're going to do everything else before we come to Christ. It doesn't make a lot of sense because Christ is the only thing that will really give us peace, right? The Father loves us more than anything. He's this omnipotent, all-powerful God who does all the things that we just described. Why not go to him first thing? But we all often run off and do our own thing, and we'll try to let our mind and our hearts be satisfied somewhere else or everywhere else first. I think so many are guilty of that, and I'm definitely included. We get miserable before we come to God. So sometimes we get humble when we meet God, and sometimes we have to get humble and then come meet God. Think about like the prodigal son when he left. Man, he had to get rock bottom. But he finally came home. And that's the last time I'm going to say this for this first part, but what, what happened when he did come home? As soon as he did, there was father with open arms. Welcome home. Celebration. We're going to have a party. 
I hope nobody in here has walked away. I hope nobody in here uh, has, has fallen away or has let other things try to fulfill them or satisfy them or they tried to get their joy or peace somewhere else this morning. But if you have, remember, you're not going to have it without Christ. And if you come back, his arms are open. That's the first thing I want you to think about when we're talking about being humble with God this morning, walking humbly with him daily. Remember who he is. And you'll be humble. The next thing is we need to know God. This is what we're talking about daily basis. It's so important, guys, that we read the scripture every day, that we pray every day, and that we listen every day. We need to sit down and listen. I've, I've mentioned that to students already. This is what I'm thinking when we talk about walking with God. Just spending time together. As I mentioned about my grandfather earlier, when I go over to their house and he would just take me out and we'd walk together and he would speak to me. And he loved to talk, so sometimes in walks it'd be long. But that's what it means to walk with someone, to have conversation with, relationship, let them teach you. We need to walk with God, and that's a daily occurrence. I want to read you a scripture this morning. It's 1 John 1, 1 through 4. And this is where the Apostle Paul, we talk about uh, that he was described as the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? I love this set of scripture that teaches what he thought, and he was trying to give testimony. He said, I want you to know that I really knew this guy. But let's pay attention to what he meant by that. When I say know God, what did John say? First John 1, starting in verse 1, says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon, and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. In verse 3, he starts repeating a little bit. That which we have seen... And heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. I like what he does here. He says, we have heard, but then he says, we have seen with our eyes, and then he says, we have looked upon. And he also tells us that he touched it. You notice he's including every sense. He's saying, I saw him, I heard him. I touched him. Another thing, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this talk in church before, you probably have. It's something I learned. I haven't, well, it's so long ago that I learned it. Uh, like in Hebrew literature, if they're repeating their self, it's like kind of putting things in bold or saying it's important. And, and when I first heard this, I thought that's what was going on when it said that we have seen with our eyes, but which we have looked upon. And I'm not a great scholar. I don't understand original languages. But those aren't the same terms. One of them means that I've like seen him. I saw him, so I could like testify that it was a real thing that I saw in my eyes. The other one, the looked upon, is some translations say I have gazed upon, which is kind of a little bit of a better idea. Like he's like, I watched him. Yeah, he's like, I paid attention to what he was doing, and I think that was true of John. They had a very close relationship. He watched Jesus every move because he wanted to know all that was about him. To say that he touched him was cool because he was making a point that Jesus was a real man. He was having some arguments with people about that, but he was also saying, "I was close enough to put my hands on him." He was saying, "I was close by." You see what I'm saying? He wanted to know everything. He wanted to experience all of Jesus, and to do that, he was a disciple who walked closely behind him. He spent a lot of time near him. We need to do the same thing. We need to really know God. If you want to claim that you walk with God, you got to do like I did with my granddaddy. You got to get up and you got to spend a few time, a few minutes listening to Him. That's why I said read the Scripture, pray, and then have time to listen. You know, to meditate, sort of let the Spirit speak to you, because we need to study God. We need to study who He is. We need to study Christ as a man and as God. We need to know this great God as closely as possible. 
Something I'm absolutely confident in, guys, is that we will never become bored with his beauty. You know it. One of the great things about Christ is, and one of the great things about God is his ability to exalt in the monotonous. That's one of my favorite, I'm quoting uh, Ravi Zacharias. I listen to him all the time. And he said, you think about it. Do you ever get tired of the sunrise? It happens over and over. Goes up, comes down, next day, sunrise. But if I'm up enough, early enough in the morning, I go out and look at the sunrise. I love it. It's beautiful every single time. You will also never get tired of looking upon the face of Jesus Christ and spending time with him and trying to know him better. Now, this is a story. Some people dispute it. I don't know if it's true or not. So I'm going to give you that up, uh, up front and just let you know it's a sermon illustration. But it's a good one. So everybody can roll with that, right? I don't know if it's actually happened this way. But it has to do with rabbis, teachers. That's what the, the apostles probably called Jesus rabbi or something like that, teacher. But there's a story that goes that when there were people who were disciples of a certain teacher, that they would walk so closely behind him that the dust off of his sandals would get kicked up and start get on their clothes. And most people didn't do that with other people because they weren't trying to get dirty all the time. So you would notice the disciples of a certain teacher because they would have the dust of his sandals all over the front of their clothing because they wanted to be there just for every step just as close as they could be right behind him. It's also said that maybe it came from the times that he would sit down somewhere, they would just come and get right at his feet and sit in the dust, just right up next to him as close as they could so they could hear every word, see every expression. That's what we need to be like with Christ, isn't it? Think about Mary and Martha. Mary chose what was best, just sitting right there at the feet of Christ. We need to do that every single day. I need to get up every day and hear from God. If I don't, I'm already in trouble. I love that prayer. And I know y'all have seen the thing before. My dad has it hanging above his desk in his office at his house. This is something like, Lord, I've done good today. I hadn't gossiped. I hadn't talked bad about anybody. I hadn't said any bad words. I haven't lusted or anything like that. I hadn't had anger in my heart to murder. Any of those things that said, but just a minute, God, I'm going to get up out of bed and I'm going to need your help. And that's me. I know I need him every day. First thing in the morning, I'm going to need him. He gave us a book, wrote us a book down, a big one, 66 actually, if you look at it, right? It's a great, and includes in it the greatest love story that was ever there, and he gave us a perfect example in Jesus Christ. There is much to be known about God, but we need to walk humbly with him. We need to make the attempt to know him. Anytime that I'm not close to God, anytime that I'm not close to Christ, anytime my relationship isn't thriving, I promise you something, it wasn't Jesus who left. It wasn't him who was unavailable in the morning for our chat. It was me. I bet I'm not by myself on that because I don't think he's ever left anyone. We need to walk with him daily, and then we need to submit to his will. We need to remember who he is And if he calls on us to do something during that relationship, when we start to know him, he will start to instruct us. And whatever his will is, we need to submit to it. Last thing as I want to talk to you about this morning is we need to trust God. You can absolutely trust God. I'm going to tell you, my children, we we mentioned them earlier. Uh, Did I put a slide in with with my children? Can you see that? Yeah, there they are. They already saw this picture. On the left, that's... Gracie, Joshua, and Lily. In the middle of that, that's my wife. And I think it's Gracie, Lily, and Joshua around her. That was like Mother's Day last year. I love them in a way that I'm not capable of loving other people. But here's the story. What I want you to know is they can trust me. Not perfectly, because 
Guess what, guys? We learned this this weekend, too. There's a God. I am not him. Neither are you. So they can't trust me the way they can trust God. But that's what this example is about. They really can trust me. It was a great story the other night. Uh, my oldest, Gracie, just got saved. I'm going to get to baptize her next week. So that's really cool. And I'm excited about that. And, and uh, a couple weeks ago, though, I don't know what brought it on her mind, but I loved it because I pray for things like this. She, we're laying in bed, and we said our prayers together, and she said, when I grow up or get old, <laughs> that's how she said it, will you help me pick a boyfriend? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure will. <laughs> no problem. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> but like, I, I like how you said get old, and she was like, what? <laughs> She's six, though, so we left it alone. But if she would let me choose everything in her life, would I not choose the very best choices that I could to give her the very best life? I would go out of my way. I would choose better for her than I would myself. You know what? I would choose who she would date, the college she'd go to, the career she would have, who she'd marry, what car she buys. I promise I'll pick the best I can. Would every choice make her avoid all the pain in this world? Not really. Sure wouldn't. We talked about this too, about how sometimes God lets us punish ourselves because we're going to have it our way, you know? Sometimes he'll have to hand out some discipline. So sometimes the choices I would make for her or for any of my other children, they wouldn't always protect them from pain. That's not my main goal. My main goal is to put them in the greatest position to be a servant to God, to let them have close relationship with Christ. And, if, and I know they're not going to let me. And honestly, I don't really want to choose everything for them because what kind of life would that be? They're supposed to grow up and serve Christ on their own. But if they did let me choose, I would choose well, Right? How much more can you and I trust God? You may not always like initially what God is saying, right? When you're walking with God and he's instructing you, it may not sound fun all the time, but you know what, guys? You can trust him because he's making the choice that is in your best interest, and I can prove that. Let me read two scriptures before I go any further. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is our own troubles. Or is its own trouble, I'm sorry. And then John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He says, don't worry, guys. You know how I can prove that you can trust God? Because while you were his enemy, he put his son on a cross and let his son shed all of his blood and then die so that you could have relationship with him. And that's why it's really great to talk about my children right before this. Because like I said, there's a God and I'm not him. And I'm not ready to do that this morning. I was telling the students earlier, I love them. I love you too. And I really do want you to know Christ and follow him fully with your whole heart. But I'm not really committed enough to that to let my children die for you yet. And that's because I'm not God. I haven't grown there yet. But he would. Because he did. It's really hard to argue with that, isn't it? I mean, you can say you can't trust God. He let suffering enter the world, all these things. God, that's not true. We let suffering in the world through our own sin. God let his son die to give us relationship, to give us salvation. Now, guys, that's somebody you can trust. That is a God who loves you unconditionally. Without exception, anything that was required, including his son's life, to have relationship with you, God was willing to give. We can trust God. This morning, while we get ready for our invitation time, I just want you to continue to think about these things. What does it mean to walk humbly with God? It means that we need to know who He is. We need to have met Him. We need to know Him daily. Spend that time with Him.
Be careful. Make an appointment about it. I want to say that. When it comes to quiet time, one of my mentors told me one time, make an appointment. If you miss your appointment with a doctor, what do you do? You reschedule it. If you miss your appointment time to spend that time with Jesus, to, to have a chat, to read the scripture, reschedule. Right? And the last thing is we can trust him. Whatever he says to do, you just do what he tells you to do. These will be my last three things, and i got a quote, and then we'll sing a, another song. We'll start this invitation. First of all, we serve an awesome God. He absolutely deserves our worship. No other thing deserves our worship but the living God does. He wants deep personal relationship with us. He's let us have a Holy Spirit, a great comforter. He let his son die so that we have reconciliation. He definitely wants personal relationship with us. And we can absolutely trust that God because of that story I just told you. Listen to this. John Piper says, The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I think that's a great way to describe what it means to walk with God. To start now on earth and then just move on through the rest of your life. It's enjoying God. That's what it means to worship God and to walk with him. To know him. I love spending time with my wife, my children. I know I have friends I love to spend time with. But there's not any peace or enjoyment. There's no joy that comes out of this world the way it is just walking with God. So this morning when we go to start, I just want to ask you, are you walking with God? That's what you need to think about. Is it a daily thing, growing relationship? Are you walking with Christ? If you've never known him, I want you to hear me clearly on this. Christ didn't die on a cross for you to wait a little bit longer. He is waiting and willing with open arms. He would love to have you come into relationship with him. He has gone out of his way and done everything he could do to have relationship with you. So if you haven't known him, don't wait. Come this morning and know him. If you just haven't been walking as closely as you should, I promise he's not going to judge you any further. He wants you to come back into relationship. Right? He wants you to come back into relationship. He's not going to make fun of you. He's just going to hug you and have a celebration that you came home. I'm not telling you there's no worldly consequences if you've been in sin. I'm not telling you that at all. But I'm telling you God will welcome you back right now. We can completely trust God to lead us in the right path if we walk humbly under his guidance. As we go into this invitation time, I'm, I'm going to come down front here. I know pastor's going to come down front. Jason will be here if you want to talk to anybody. And you know how this works. If you need to come and pray, you can. I just want to ask right now if you would go ahead and stand to your feet for this invitation time. And I want to say a prayer for you, church. But if you need to deal with God, let's deal with God. Don't worry about anybody around you. You've got an audience of one right now. That's you and Jesus. Are you walking the way that you should be walking? Let me pray for you. Father, we just love you this morning. There's no God but you. I just pray that you would help us to walk humbly with you, God. Make us the people that you deserve. If there's sin in us, break our hearts so that we would come back to you. If there's one in here that doesn't know you this morning, God, I pray that they wouldn't leave without coming into a relationship with you. Thank you so much for letting us come together and worship you. We don't deserve it. Thank you for the chance to know you through Christ. Just do with us as you see fit. We love you and we worship you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.